I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoy listening, you can head to the NHK World website to watch. You'll find interviews with people from all walks of life. An urban farmer visited my children's school recently, and all three of my boys came home full of enthusiasm, explaining to me that if we grow our own food at home, we will cut global emissions, we'll be healthier, more in touch with the seasons, and we will save money. What's not to like? Of course, it's one thing attempting this if you live in the countryside with a big garden, and quite another if all you have is one small city balcony. Today's guest has created a product that will make growing our own food more achievable wherever we live. Tina Pina is a sharp, hard-working entrepreneur whose company takes food waste and turns it into an earth-friendly fuel that can then be used to grow more food. I really encourage you to go to the NHK World website to watch this episode. The pictures showing how urban farms could look with produce growing in beautiful green spirals and in suspended pods like giant beehives are quite something. I, for one, would love to re-green our cities in this way. What a gorgeous, health-giving environment to live in. Enjoy listening to Tina. Here is narrator Stuart Varnum-Atkin. I'll meet you on the other side. This young entrepreneur has come up with an innovative idea to supply safe and highly nutritious produce in urban areas without impacting the environment. Tinia Pina is the founder and CEO of an agricultural technology startup in the United States. By socializing and making this more of a movement, we can change the remove the need for chemical inputs in our food and using food waste to serve as a viable alternative. We asked Tinya about the unconventional and mind-blowing systematic way to grow vegetables that she has developed. My aspirations and goal, you know, I really am here to help really kind of heal the earth, to be honest with you. What we've seen in the U.S., even prior to COVID and, and some of the supply chain shocks that we've experienced here, is that food waste, whether it's at the retail or food service side, it can be large or high in volume. Supermarkets do carry fresh produce, but quality isn't the same. And then if someone were to want to purchase organic produce, it's often not carried at those supermarkets located in underserved communities. I would say residents and people that want to be a, making a contribution to urban agriculture is that they want to be able to have more control and have an impact on food grown locally. And as a result, by having more farms grow this way, we can increase the supply of organic food and therefore more people can have access to it and at least a, an increased awareness of it. To help solve such food supply issues in the U.S., Tinia developed a novel product. We visited her research lab located in Brooklyn, New York, to see it. The company currently employs a staff of eight. Its flagship product is the original non-chemical fertilizer that went on the market four years ago. 
The main target is the hydroponic growing system that uses water to transfer dissolved nutrients to a plant's root base. So on Away We Grow, you know, we tell the fact that it's chemical free. There's nothing about our process as well as the raw materials that we use that is chemical. Hopefully we can have that in other countries as well. It took Tinya more than seven years of research to develop the original product. We asked her about the manufacturing process. So renewable is a play on the word renewable. We show it as a lease from the company as us being to take the being able to take the food waste from the food manufacturer in this case and taking their waste stream, turning it into a finished product that can be reintroduced to farms. We receive the vegetative waste. Think of broccoli remains, uh, leafy lettuce remains, or even corn, it's a mix. From there, we receive it at our facility, it goes through a pasteurization process. The second step is where we have developed this novel process that incorporates a biological conversion as well as mechanical process to make the nutrients in the food waste soluble. The third step is that we do a several series of tests as far as quality control, making sure that there's no microbes that could be food safety risk before we fulfill it to customers. The main reason for the food waste is, I would say, poor planning and logistics and means to measure that food waste. So a great example here in New York City is that we have our food waste um, traveling far distances outside of the city because cities often don't have the infrastructure to manage its own food waste. There's a, a lot of emissions or greenhouse gas emissions that are associated with just the hauling of waste. And, you know, it really depends on the end if it goes to a composting facility. Typically, it requires three to four months. During that time, there are methane emissions that are residual uh, coming off from that composting process. We remove that by not needing to require that much time and doing it closer proximity to the source of food waste generation. The startup is currently working with eight commercial farms and a number of resellers who sell hydroponic systems to consumers. But expanding the market isn't the only thing Tinia is trying to achieve. We do have an aspiration to help farms at their location take their waste stream and turn it back into sources of potable water and biostimulants at the farm. Um, that has been the goal, and, and we believe that that has been of interest because a lot of these farms want to be able to show that they're committing to sustainability using this closed-loop aspect. The system she's developing utilizes the upcycled wastewater and vegetative food waste generated at the farm. That process we're piloting with a farm in Michigan that's 800 acres, it's an apple orchard, and that goal is to prove how we're able to take their waste stream, which is the wastewater and any residual pumice in this case, and turn it back into a, a closed-loop process for them. Because as we've seen, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, in certain areas where there's water scarcity, we want to make these farms able to be self-sufficient in their inputs and how we can turn it into a source of biostimulants or fertilizer for them. And so that allows us to not only 
put the best interest of the farm in terms of revenue stream because they can be sustainable both environmentally and financially. So if we can increase the number of these farms, that therefore increases the volume of the type of produce we would like to see more of, right? Organic and less chemically laden. Tinia Pina has a lot on her plate every day as the leader of her startup company. Lunchtime is the one moment she can relax. So today for lunch, I'm having strawberries with um, blueberries, which I often eat as a source of energy. And then on the side, I have quinoa and beans. And so that's my source of protein for today. My significant other and I cook every day. We really like being able to have as much flavor and, and have control of how we're cooking our food. And so we plan our meals for lunches and then we cook when we get back home for the evenings. It was actually lunchtime that gave her the inspiration to create the company. Born in 1983, Tinya grew up in the state of Virginia. I am not technically trained as a horticulturalist or a biologist or a plant scientist. I went to Virginia Tech as a, someone that was interested in information technology. But what really kind of served as the main impetus or reason for why I founded Renewable was because during my time in financial services here in New York City, I was a pro bono SAT teacher through New York Cares which is a completely volunteer-based program. And on Saturdays from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m., we were teaching inner-city schools, school children, and noticing what the kids were eating for lunch, often highly fried, uh, not the most nutritionally dense or fresh food options. I could see immediately how their attention waned after lunch. If they're not eating the, 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 the ideal type of food, then you know there are other issues that they are battling with related to nutrition that's always gonna serve as a deficit for them and put them at a disadvantage. If people can have lifestyles at which they're, it's, more, um, it's less stress, eating better from a nutritional standpoint and just having one in which is more aware of better options, then yes, opportunity can be available to those as well. So having that immediate observation, also while knowing that New York City was spending $77 million, this is in 2012, to export their waste to China, Pennsylvania, Virginia, we will never have a direct impact on their purchasing behavior or changing their decision to eat this way, but by socializing and making this more of a movement, we can change the, the, remove the need for chemical inputs in our food and using food waste to serve as a viable alternative. After working in finance for seven years, she launched her startup company in 2015. We asked her if she had any bumps in the road after the launch. Many. <laughs> so, and so we are manufacturing, and manufacturing is not the easiest to fundraise for because um, it's capital intensive. We're developing a completely new product and new process to create that product. And so we were ahead of the investors, but investors didn't realize the opportunity. It wasn't just the investors. She also had to convince farmers in order to have them implement her innovative method of growing produce. Um, my family, I don't come from a family of farmers, 
and it hasn't caused for um, a quick experience in getting what we're doing out there to the farming community, but they want to grow this way and they just have not seen a solution that won't introduce risks such as food safety or clogging up their system, which causes an operational burden. So the fact that we can demonstrate this is what allows them to us to, uh, to give them trust. Tinia's slow but steady efforts are gradually paying off. And now she is collaborating with the municipality in a public demonstration project. It's in the city of Glens Falls in New York State. Their company is working with the city to build a pilot vertical hydroponic farm in a vacant room on the third floor of a commercial building. This is the beginning of one of the farming approaches for the future. So this farm is intended to be a public demonstration. Uh, there's so many different versions of urban agriculture, and I think that's what's the beautiful about it is that Everyone can have a different approach, a different interpretation, and by no means should it be limited to, you know, vacant parking lots or modular spaces within buildings. There's people even doing it in cabinets within, you know, their apartment. And so um, I think the most important drivers are by increasing the accessibility. Um, as a result of accessibility, you're, you're making it more affordable, hopefully, as a result of more affordability, you're increasing the awareness and education so that consciously we can change the mindsets of people to hopefully uh, live in a more sustainable and, and have a certainly a more healthier lifestyle. Via social media, her company is spreading the idea of the closed loop system and the fact that by adapting it, food can be grown in various environments, even in desert soils. In February this year, Tinia shared her story and visions for the future to the world at Expo 2020 Dubai. You know, the dream would be taking what we do here in the U.S. and enabling agriculture economies outside of the U.S., so heavily in the Middle East, in Singapore, in India, and elsewhere. For us, you know, we try not to be pigeonholed in one idea or concept or vision as to how agriculture can take place now and in the future, because we want to make sure that, you know, people can grow food in, in an environment in which we're increasing temperatures, increasing uh, erratic weather patterns. We want to make it adaptable for any person. And so it doesn't need to be one specific solution, but helping all farms of all types and all sizes be able to uh, uh, be able to be successful. Finally, we asked Tinya to write down her motto. When you reach the top, you should remember to send the elevator back down for others. It has not been easy or to start Renewable, but I've certainly had um, the privilege of working with a community of supporters. I should be able to send back down um, my resources, my availability to mentor others so that others have a similar path to um, being able to have the uh, similar advantages for their own success.
Tinia ended with a great reminder to help other people by creating opportunities and by passing on your knowledge. So perhaps if any of you have successfully grown your own food, you can share your tips with the rest of us. Because there's another reason why urban farming is such a great idea. Disconnection from the land and the food that we eat is being blamed by some for all sorts of disease and allergies. If all the food we eat comes to us washed and in sterilized supermarket packaging, we're missing out. We know that rich biodiversity is the key to a balanced ecosystem. If this is true on the land, then could it also be true inside our guts? There is a school of thought that believes we need to rewild our farms, but also the inside of our bodies. And many argue that the more we can be in contact with the soil and the plants that we eat as they grow, the better it is for our health, because it leads us to ingest helpful and relevant bacteria that can boost our microbiome and keep us healthy. How wonderful that people like Tinia are working on bringing food production back to our doorsteps. Right, I'm off to buy the array of seeds and seedlings that I promised to my children. We're going to start with strawberries, so wish me luck. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.